You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today, first of all, let me point this out. If you are watching on YouTube, this is the old vintage NASM logo. This is an old t-shirt. It's a throwback. Uh, and I'm very, very proud of it, so I'm sporting it today. But today, I'm going to do a podcast on something called glute amnesia. Glute amnesia. We'll put that in quotation marks. And speaking of quotation marks, here is a question that somebody submitted to me. They DM'd me on the IG and said, hello, I'm studying for my CPT and listening to all your podcasts, which are awesome. Thank you. If I may, can I request you do a pod on, quote, dead butt syndrome or glute or gluteal amnesia? I would love to hear what you have to say. Uh, I think this is great. It's a great question, especially because I have a client that I've just been working on with this. So we've got the, quote, dead butt syndrome, the glute or gluteal amnesia, also known as sleepy or sleeping glutes. We've also used the term turned off, and sometimes I may even refer to them as limp biscuits. And I don't. I don't refer to them as that ever to my clients. I, sometimes I have. but And they get a kick out of it. But the gluteal amnesia was coined by a biomechanist, mechanic, mechanist, named Stuart McGill. I think if you know anything about low back research uh, in the last 20 years, then you're probably familiar with Stu McGill and the work that he did. And so in his book, uh, Low Back Disorders, he talks about this. He puts in there gluteal amnesia. And boy, man, when the uh, when the blogs and the writers and, you know, the magazines got a hold of that term, they loved it. They loved it. And they were pumping that out everywhere. You could see it. You just Go go Google it. You'll see glute amnesia popping up all over the place from, from Shape Magazine to, to any particular little uh, blog that people are writing on. So I wanted to support this person and do a little bit more about this, but here's the problem. I wanted to look up the research and see what the research had to say about it. And here's what it had to say. Nothing. There's nothing. There's no research on this term, at least. The term, the idea. There's no research in any of the databases I could find on glute or gluteal amnesia yet. I will say yet. However, the concept and the idea that low back pain is somehow associated with gluteal inactivity is definitely not a foreign concept. In fact, we go to um, uh, Amabil et al. 2017 atrophy of gluteus maximus among women with a history of chronic low back pain, and it basically states that there is a relationship, though minimal, on the in this study that there was a link between glute weakness and low back pain. So then I wanted to do a little bit more, and so we added uh, this one. So we've got Defridis et al. 2018, stre strengthening the gluteus maximus in subjects with sacroiliac dysfunction. All right, now this one's interesting to me. 
And basically, here's what it came to. There was a significant weakness in gluteus maximus when it came to comparing those that had back pain and those that did not. And by back pain, let me rephrase, uh, SI joint pain. So after they completed strengthening exercises over the course of 10 visits, statistically significant increases in glute max strength and function were found as well as decreases in pain. All subjects were discharged from physical therapy and were able to return to their normal activities. Well, this was important to me because over the last few weeks, I had a client and it just, this coincides with a client of mine who is dealing with some SI joint pain on one side. And she's a heavy lifter. I mean, she lifts, she puts up a lot of weight, but she likes to do that on her own. So when she trains with me, we'll do more stability stuff, more, um, more dynamic stuff, because on her workout days, she just likes to go and lift heavy. So I say, yo, if you're going to do that on your own anyway, you don't have to do that with me. So she was talking about the heavy weight, maybe. It was only with deadlifts. She was deadlifting, and that's kind of her thing, deadlifting. And so she was doing deadlifts, and it was really bothering her. And uh, so I was like, look, I think it's probably time for you to go to your physical therapist, which is my physical therapist. And in fact, uh, the reason I'm training her is because she was looking for a trainer, and, and my PT said, oh, you should go see my friend Rick. So... Um, so I said, hey, go back to Pete uh, Schultz, Dynamic Sports Physical Therapy. Let's go get checked out. And basically, he noticed that one of her glutes just wasn't firing. There was one side of her glute that wasn't firing. Now, I didn't recognize that because I'm not doing testing for it. I'm just, she's just lifting. But she also... Uh, she might feel it on one side and not as much on the other, but I didn't know that because she didn't relay that to me. But then when she came back and we kind of get an idea, her SI joints feeling better and we would do some exercises. She's telling me the story from physical therapy and she confirmed she couldn't feel any of the glute exercises on that one side. So what did I immediately do? I immediately skipped right over to the hip loop and isolated strengthening exercises and the end range of motion activations and building activations here, push a little pressure here. Let's add, uh, let's go 25%, let's go 50%, 75%, 100%, push out against me. Good, good, good. And like she just, she wasn't really feeling anything. And we're doing good stuff. And I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Let me go back to the CES, the Corrective Exercise Specialist stuff. And what we did is we have the knowledge to address via foam rolling and stretching the functional antagonist. So what are those? Those would be the, the opposite of the glutes, the, the hip flexors, the psoas, the iliacus, even the TFL, maybe even more so the TFL. Um, the reciprocal inhibition of those functional antagonists. Think about if they're in a seated position on a regular basis. <clears throat> so you've got this low back pain, uh, this SI joint pain, but now you've got these, these uh, muscles like the hip flexors that are maintaining their shortness and their tightness, particularly maybe on one side if you're, uh, you lean to one side. And if you ask your clients to think about it throughout the day, 
they may start to notice that they put more weight on one side, one of their hips, when they relax, when they lounge, when they work at their computer. But you might also think that, um, you know, this idea is not just about the hip flexors, but think about a foam roller, right? If you do a foam roller, you're putting pressure against a muscle to decrease neural facilitation. Well, if I am sitting all day long, then your chair is basically a flat, cushiony foam roller that your glutes are chilling out on all day. So if we're putting pressure into a muscle saying to relax with a foam roller, what happens if we're sitting on our backside all day? We are basically priming them to do nothing, to relax. And if we keep doing that, we keep reiterating that, it could create this amnesia, this inability to remember what their job is. It's not that they can't. It's that the neural circuitry requesting that to take place. So what do we do? Uh, we went through and we did the foam rolling on the hip flexors that we could get. Uh, as, a, as a manual therapist, I also just did some hand work to, to do releases on some of the hip flexors, foam rolled them, stretched them, and then we started to do the activations. And it worked. It worked. They were alive. It's just following the system, following the system. And then once we started doing that and she could feel her glutes firing and the SI joint has not been a, a problem since then. Now get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a case of one and in of one, as we say in the research, that's the number of subjects. But there's a lot of research that's out there to, to back it. I just think that this is a good means of developing a program that we as personal trainers can do to supplement and support any therapeutic actions that they might be going through to assist with uh, their low back pain or their SI joint pain. And the other thing is, if we look at it and we say, hey, you can't train people that are in pain, then you may not have any clients. So that's not it. The, the idea is to not cause pain, not don't exercise people, don't train or work out with people that have pain. If we've got 80-something percent of people in their entire lifetimes that have had low back pain and we're not supposed to train them, then we're not going to be training very many people. And we know, the research supports, that doing exercise, people that exercise have far less low back pain than the people who don't. So what do we do? We make sure that our work doesn't hurt. We can do the assessments and we can watch their movement. And then we provide our, our movement intervention, not our pain intervention, our movement intervention. And we could support them in their process. And in this case, working with this client, it worked out for me. So what it happens with this sleepy butt, this gluteal amnesia, the limp biscuits, so to speak. What is it? I say that's address the functional antagonist, foam rolling and stretching, then go through your series of activation, isolated activations, and then start incorporating that in your integrated workout by doing squats or lunges and see if you can get them to feel their glutes working in that particular position or through those exercises while doing an integrated pattern.
All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. Uh, you have you do such a wonderful job inspiring people to move and to be fitter every single day. You keep doing that job. Uh, I appreciate you, and I know that your clients do as well. So keep inspiring them to become more fit. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. And if you don't mind, leave a review. I appreciate it. And it'll help us out. If you got questions for me, hit me up. You can hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickritchie. Or you can email me, rick.ritchie at nasm.org. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.